What is going on, folkerinos? It's the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. Uh, Sands, one of our big dudes. He is currently at work. Uh, Ooh. The great Tug Holio is not with us for this episode and probably for a couple episodes here. Uh, but Doug and Bug are with you, and we're going to walk you through you know, a conference or two if you're live. Uh, if you're listening to us later, it's only one conference at a time. But, you know, we got to keep it rolling here. Got a lot of conferences to get through, all of Division One in our conference preview series. And we've only gotten two down so far. So we have, uh, we have a little bit of a ways to go before the season's officially underway for us big dudes in the trenches. And if you're an FCS fan, don't worry. We will get to them eventually. It's just tough getting information this far out for FCS teams. Now, if you work for one, you want to give us some information on your school, DMs are open. Come find us on Twitter. Email us. I mean, whatever you got to do, let us know, and we will. We would love to, to talk about your school. Speaking of which, shout out to the communications director over at Howard University. He gave us a whole spiel about the Howard Bison and I can't wait to talk about Howard now because we have so much detail. But <laughs> that's the kind of thing we're going through right now. Uh, we're working on that. So we're sticking to the FBS for the moment. Uh, and number three on our list of conferences here is the Mountain West. The Mountain West Conference has very much so not been affected by conference realignment as of yet. Though it looked for a minute there like San Diego State was going to go ahead and leave right now, immediately, uh, until they didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, and you know, Boise's always in the air of are they going to join, jump to a bigger conference or not, and they got passed over again somehow. So it's it's kind of uneasy, unsteady, and you know, I, I wouldn't even say Colorado State's necessarily safe to stay there, <clears throat> but for right now at least – they uh, they are unchanged from last year, surprisingly. Yeah, and it's it's been floated. There might be some movement of current Pac-12 teams to the Mountain West if you know there's this big migration of Pac-12 teams to the Big 12 or some kind of conglomeration <laughs> of the Pac-12 and ACC even has been floated out there. None of that's actually happened. It's all a bunch of speculation. Uh, as we have it right now, the Mountain West is still the same 12 teams we've come to know and love over the past few seasons. Or and, hated for Tug. Or hated, if you are Tug specifically. He hates most of these. Uh, <laughs> I would I would argue he hates the first team we're going to talk about, if only for their head coach. That is certainly fair. That's a, that's a fair assessment. Uh, I do want to say overall about the Mountain West – it is one of the most underrated conferences out there. Consistently, mm-hmm. you have two, three teams that can hang with almost anybody in the country. I would say it's a realistic shot. You have the number one team out of the Mountain West beating anybody from number 15 down in the AP poll on a week-to-week basis. You know, Just any given Saturday kind of a deal. It's it's not a conference that's seen that way by a lot of folks, though. Why do you think that is? Honestly, it's because look at some of these schools, and when one of your best teams is an academy, a service academy, that does kind of bring things down, right? I mean, 
they play a triple option. Nobody's really excited except for triple option fans. Nobody's excited to see it happen. And then you have teams like San Jose State where they pop up, win the conference, and they have a great season, but they have no staying power. And I think that besides Boise State, that is the biggest problem for this conference is that these teams are in flux so much, which kind of like the MAC makes it exciting to watch as an objective fan if you're going in with the intent of watching the Mountain West. But if you're not, if you're just flipping through channels and be like, oh, Mountain West game's on, next. And it's unfortunate, really. It definitely does feel like we have two, maybe three teams every year we expect to be in the conversation. But then there's another two or three every year that just are interchangeable. It's two or three of the others are in that conversation as well. And it makes for a fun conference. So let's go ahead and get started with going in alphabetical order. The United States Air Force Academy, the Air Force Falcons here, head coached by the big man, Troy Calhoun, in his 17th season. One of the longest tenured head coaches in the country at this point. Kind of unbelievable, considering how young he actually is. He might go quite a bit longer here. And he's already close to taking over the most wins in school history as head coach, Air Force veteran himself, Air Force Academy alum himself. He, you know, it, you saw it with Ken Niamatololo. It went on for a while, and then it took it took three or four bad years. He had his bad stretch already, and he's back on the uptick. I'm right. curious to see how long, you know, how much of a leash Air Force wants to give him. I would expect he has a very long leash especially now that he starts winning Commander-in-Chief's trophies again. That's the real goal of the Air Force Academy. Even setting aside conference titles, you beat Army and Navy in a year, you're going to stick around for an extra year or two on that contract extension. So <laughs> Troy Calhoun is uh, is here to stay. <laughs> John, I'm talking directly to you. He's here to stay. Stop it. <laughs> uh, talking about some of the players, though. Uh, the center, Thor Pagalong, Paglialong, uh, very, very nearly was my pick for Group of Five All-America center. Yeah, he's probably second or third on the list realistically, but with a first name like Thor, I, it, was, <laughs> it was hard not, to pass not to have him do it, right? <laughs> and he is very good. Very legitimately good. Same as Trey Taylor on the back end. Uh, you know, uh, Tug was recently talking about how Air Force is not that good in pass coverage most of the time. And I was thinking, go back to Wesson Steelhammer last time they had a good safety. Uh, Trey Taylor is that next great safety for the Air Force Falcons, which they desperately needed. They needed some help on the back end. Trey Taylor had a great season last year. I expect nothing but great things for him in his senior season this coming 2023. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got to have a good pass defense, right? Just because they don't pass doesn't mean they get off by not having a good a good one themselves. They know it's coming. They got to do right. it. Right. Absolutely. Especially when you have to go up against teams like Boise State, who is next here, uh, head coached by Andy Avalos, who is in his third season somehow. It doesn't feel like it's his third season. It feels like he got here three minutes ago, but it's been three years. 
<laughs> and this team has really changed a lot of the way that they do things. Uh, we have already discussed the former quarterback for Boise State, Hank Bachmeyer, transferred out of the program and down into Conference USA. Uh, so they no longer have that level of quarterback play. I guess we could talk about it. Uh, but they run the ball extremely well. And if they find a quarterback, this is a system, this is a scheme traditionally that can pass it very effectively as well. But George Holani and Ashton Gently together make a terrifying running back room and make Boise State one of the favorites for this conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's typical, right? It's pretty standard for them to be one of the favorites in the conference. I don't know when this is going to change. It seems like they're they're immune to not being, you know, to to dropping off. It doesn't matter if they have a quarterback change. It doesn't matter if they have a coaching change. And it doesn't make a ton of sense either, right? They're they're recruiting against some big conferences, and the promise of going to a bigger conference is always looming, but it's never guaranteed. What is it about Boise State that's so appealing to all these kids? It's got to be those shiny uniforms and that blue turf. That blue turf. I think that blue turf goes a lot further than people want to give it credit for, too. I mean, also, this is going to sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. If I had a choice of any city to live in right now, Boise, Idaho might be up there on the list. I'm not kidding. That is gorgeous in the Rocky Mountains and still small town enough where it's not I wouldn't get lost in it. So maybe that has some attraction for some of these kids as well. Boise's Boise's not a bad place to be. Uh, One other guy I did want to shout out here. I know I'm talking all offense at this point, but Cade Beresford was our group of five All-American at tackle, or one of the two anyway. And, you know, a left tackle with two running backs on on the offensive preview here, that should be terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I know we're talking uh, big non-conference games to watch, but the the Broncos don't really have a home game, non-conference game, that's looking like anything uh, worth keeping an eye on, or at least not one that we're going to spend a ton of time talking about. UCF's going to be interesting, but really the big one, because we're not talking – we'll probably double-tap this one, uh, going to Memphis September 30th, two teams that were passed over to go – to the Big 12 and any other conference expansion, that's going to be a massive game for both teams. That got it. You got to think they're going out to prove that they deserve to go up to a Power Five conference. Yeah, that's very potentially a Big 12 play-in game for for down the line of consideration. <laughs> that's fun to think about. Uh, if I were going to shout anybody out on the defensive side of the ball, it would be DJ Schramm, but I talked about the offense so much already. I think it's time to go ahead and move along. <laughs> Love the beard, though. Uh, Colorado State, the Rams had an abysmal season last year. No sugarcoating it. Jay Norvell comes over from in-conference rival Nevada just because the the – monetary difference between a program like Nevada and a program like Colorado State. The money that Colorado State is invested in their football program is substantial. The returns have not been substantial as of recent seasons, but they have had success in the past, and they are usually a team to watch out for in the Mountain West, at least as a one of those uh, 
midfield markers, using an F1 terminology for you. They do have a couple of great players on the team. Tori Horton and Jack Howell both made our group of five All-America squad. And honestly, Jack Howell makes this a scary defense in in and of himself. It's weird talking positively about Colorado State. They've been down in the dumps, it seems like, for so long. You know, Air Force, going back to them real quick, they made such a big deal about being the best team in Colorado. But then they've mm-hmm. been – they've it's been Colorado State who's been down and CU who's also been very, very down. So it's interesting. And I'm hopeful, honestly, that they can put something together, put together a good season out here. Uh Year two for Jay Norvell. Got to gotta have something going for him, right? I'm sure Rams fans are hoping so because if it's a repeat of last season, that's going to be uh, brutal Is might be an understatement. <laughs> if it's a repeat yeah. of last year, Jay Norvell is at minimum on the hot seat and very well might end up on the streets after his second season. That's pretty – Pretty rough, but that's the world of college football. And it is going to be interesting, too. Again, not one that we're highlighting later, but this game against Colorado, you know, we mentioned the best team in Colorado. They're going to Boulder. They're going to be taking on Primetime's new team. This is going to be very, very interesting to see how it all shakes out. I don't even know what to expect from that. Colorado's a whole other bag of worms. There's massive expectations on both sides, and... What yep. somebody's got to lose that game. I would bet it's Colorado State loses that game. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is the Fresno State Bulldogs. The green V medallion confused me for a long time. And then I realized it's for the Valley uh, because California has a valley that they call the valley okay fair enough (laughs) there are too many valleys in the country to just say the valley and expect everybody to know what you mean come on (laughs) california thinks they're the best at everything i'm just hopeful that this year they don't have the problem of people's cleats melting into the turf like they did a couple years ago because it got so damn bad that would be gross (laughs) and awful I also hope that doesn't happen. Not welcome. <laughs> uh, head coach Jeff Tedford is back for his fifth season. Um, I feel like that's. I, I guess that's fair. Uh, I feel like he's been here way longer than that for some reason. <laughs> I feel like they just they've. Well, what it was about. I'm going to say eight years ago, so probably think 12 years ago, where they were the team. Right. And then it just seems like they've never really been able to maintain that success. Like, they get up, they, they're doing great things, and then the bottom falls out at some point. And that's kind of been the disappointing thing about Fresno State in recent years. Even though, you know, as we say that, they did win the Mountain West last year over Boise State. Right. And, <laughs> and they won the L.A. Bowl against Washington State in a very big-time performance that I did not expect at all. Uh, Malik Sherrod at running back was a big part of that win, as was the offensive line. In my opinion, spearheaded by the right guard, Mose Viveo. 
And they are the reason I'm wearing a New Orleans Saints hat. I didn't have a Mountain West hat, but, you know, Derek Carr's on the Saints now. It counts. <laughs> Does it? Does it? <laughs> I didn't. This was the best connection I could make with the hats that I had available. That's I fair. am working to remedy that situation. Uh, one of my favorite players on this team, though, is definitely cornerback Cam Lockridge. Very talented defensive back for the Bulldogs here. And I think they can – I think we can expect them to compete for the conference. I was surprised that they won it last year. I would be surprised if they win it again. But I wouldn't – I would not be surprised if they're like a top four team in the Mountain West this year. Yeah, Which, I, I mean, guess puts them in the range one or two games go their way, they're winning the conference again. But when you start off the season one and four, it's not it's not and one of those losses now, granted, we've sang the praises of UConn and how they're they're back and everything. But that was their third loss of the season in week four was to UConn and then losing to Boise by twenty. I mean, it it was definitely an ominous start. So you got to give some credit there for the bounce back. But you also right. got to think, man, this team did not perform as good as we wanted them to. Now, their other two losses were Oregon State and USC. Those were great teams, tough games mm-hmm. to win. They weren't even competitive against USC, though. Oregon State was a field goal difference. Like, they they have so much potential. They really do. And it's just it's mind-boggling that it seems like they never, no matter how good they do, they never live up to it. You always want more from this team, which might be the most frustrating thing about them. I feel like that's true of basically every season I can remember of Fresno State football. Yeah. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) A team we always want more from and never get any more from is Hawaii. (laughs) We always get more from. What are you talking about? They got the Hawaii rule. Well, we technically get more from, but we don't get more wins from the Rainbow Warriors. We just get more games on the schedule thanks to them. Uh, Are they still the Rainbow Warriors or are they just the Warriors now? They better still be the Rainbow Warriors. I'm going to be pissed if they change their name without me knowing about it, especially. (laughs) They're still the Rainbow Warriors. Okay, okay. They just don't have the rainbow uniforms anymore. Which is which sad. And they need to move on it again. Uh, Timmy Chang is the head coach. He is entering his second season at the helm of Hawaii. Uh, if you remember Timmy Chang, it might be because he used to be the quarterback of Hawaii not that long ago. He's pretty young for a head coach and stepped into a really difficult situation last year. I think guided the ship the best possible, but also, yeah, they were very bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for some development in a lot of these guys. I will say I love the addition of Wyoming transfer Cam Stone at cornerback. And I'm hoping that this offensive line can power some wins for them. As we tend to say, you can't win a game if you can't win in the trenches. Uh, well, hopefully, if you win in the trenches, you might win some games is also true. Uh, <laughs> that, that's 
that's going to be the, the best shot at Hawaii winning something this year is they're uh, not moving guys up front and creating space for their guys in the backfield. They're not doing themselves a ton of favors with their non-conference schedule, though. I mean, Vanderbilt yeah. could go either way. Stanford and Oregon's going to be tough. And then Albany and New Mexico State at home. I mean, I guess you've you've probably got to figure they're beating Albany, but I would hope so. New Mexico State's more of a question mark than I think it would have been uh, two years ago. Unfortunately for them, yeah. Honestly, as weird as it sounds, the easiest win on that schedule, other than Albany, is probably Stanford. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, not, I really not a wanna, good time. I want to go to the Hawaii Vanderbilt game. It's week zero. It's in Nashville. Yeah, it is in and Nashville. Tickets are fifteen dollars. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Vanderbilt's also still basically building their stadium. Like, what the fuck's going on with that? Have you seen this? Yeah, I have. I don't understand it. I guess they're expecting not to sell out any games, so it not really be a factor. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they can let somebody sit over there either. That's the problem. Right. I mean, it's just, it's straight up not finished. <laughs> they have another month. It ain't gonna get finished. They, <laughs> they can have all. It they ain't. can have all the months they want. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hawaii is gonna very probably finish last in the conference. Let's be let's be real here. Uh, you say that when we got a, a string of bad teams coming up here. Well, yeah, the next one is Nevada. Uh, this picture of Ken Wilson is very old because he's only in his second season at head coach, uh, but he spent 19 seasons as an assistant coach at Nevada, uh, ultimately leading up to becoming associate head coach before he left for Oregon for a couple of years as a coordinator, came back to Nevada once Jay Norvell left for the greener pastures of Colorado State, uh, Nevada. <laughs> Nevada brought their guy Greener. back. A <laughs> couple of ways. A couple this, of ways. This to take that. Too, though, isn't it? I don't remember. Uh, probably. Let's be real. Probably. Uh, funnily enough, talking about money this much, they're running back as Sean Dollars, and <laughs> he's, he's really good. <laughs> I like Sean Dollars. Um, he's probably. Outside of Drew Watts, and you guys know my affinity for middle linebackers, uh, Sean Dollars is my favorite player on this team by a long shot. And I don't think that's a great sign for the Wolfpack uh, when you have, like, two good players and neither of them were, like, all-conference even for us necessarily. They went dollars as a transfer from Oregon, by the way. So it's not even like he's a homegrown talent. But he, I guess he kind of came along with Ken Wilson. At least he knew Ken Wilson at Oregon. Uh, came a season later, but still. They went, I went eight in conference last year. And I'm going to be honest, I kind of expect the same thing to happen again. They got a couple big money games against USC and Kansas. Kansas is actually going to come out to uh, Nevada, it looks like. But yeah, I I even think Idaho is probably going to take it to them. If we're being honest, this team, for whatever reason, doesn't Honestly, have it. Idaho, Idaho's a dark horse for the Big Sky 
conference. That's so. what I'm saying. For whatever reason, it, it seems like Jay Norvell even really just left this team out and in the dumps. No, it, it, I can't imagine it's easy to fucking recruit there. Right. No way. No way. It's, it's just a shame. Let's just move on to our next stinker, huh? Next stinker, and I I hate to say that because I really do think New Mexico has a shot at being decent this year, and I'm not just saying that. I do think that to be true. Danny Gonzalez is back as his, in his fourth season as head coach, not exactly winning more games every season, but I will say the games have gotten more competitive, and they are bringing in a transfer. Dylan Hopkins used to play for the UAB Blazers, was their leading passer for the last two seasons, but got hurt and got benched in favor of uh, whatever his name is, who's now the starting quarterback for UAB. We'll talk about UAB next uh, next live episode, probably. So I don't have to know that just yet. Hold up. <laughs> but Dylan Hopkins is coming to New Mexico and probably gives them their best quarterback in recent memory. I can't think of one recently who's at – Dylan Hopkins level uh, if he can stay healthy with the progress Danny Gonzalez has already made with the Lobos there is some potential here I don't expect another 0-8 in conference record for New Mexico it's going to be tough I don't think they're going to be well yeah they play Nevada somebody has to fucking win that game <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we'll see and they play UNLV, so I mean they've they've got a couple shots. Well, UNLV might be on the up too. Yeah, we'll but, we'll explain why when we get there. I but there's uh, a couple good reasons for that. Yeah, but New Mexico did lose their best defensive player to the next team in this conference preview. Unbelievable segue that San Diego State gave me. Uh, Cody Moon was phenomenal for New Mexico last year. And decided, fuck New Mexico. I'm going to a team I can actually win some games with. So he's with Brady Hoke and the San Diego State Aztecs. Brady Hoke is in his second stint with San Diego State. Uh, His sixth season technically overall in his career, but his fourth season back this this year. Um, If you recognize the name but don't know why, he's one of my favorite punching bags for the team up north the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, yeah, that was a great time. I miss him so much. But he's pretty good with San Diego State. <laughs> Even though they were 7-5 and five last year in the regular season and did lose to Middle Tennessee in the Hawaii Bowl. I was shocked at that result. Middle Tennessee State just came out of nowhere last season and beat all my expectations. Uh, but San Diego State is... One of those teams that's always like solid. They need a great roster to break through, though. I like Cody Moon a lot. I like Cade Bennett and Mark Redman a lot. I don't know if tight end and left guard necessarily make your offense invincible. Um, what are you thinking for San Diego State? I think this is a team with a lot to prove, right? That loss to Middle Tennessee State, even even as good as MTSU was, like we all we we here at least were taking notice of them all season. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's still an unacceptable loss for the Aztecs. I don't I don't think they're okay with that. And this is another team that kind of like Boise, you expect them to have a good season every year. And when the conference can't hang their hat on Boise, San Diego State, that 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 feels tough for them. You know it's not sitting right with them right now. Definitely. I also want to point something out that's really been bothering me for the last, I don't know, the time creating these slides. Uh, San Diego State's logo is not centered on itself. The arrowhead sticks out farther than the other end of the spear. And if you actually like center the logo, officially center the logo over that picture of Brady Hoke, it will look offset. And I hate it so much. So I that is technically offset right now. It looks centered. I had to do that manually because their logo's fucking stupid. Hooray for asymmetry and Doug's OCD. Fuck you, San Diego State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, home to the team the that I enjoy out of that part of California, San Jose State, uh, is really fun to watch when they're good. It's only been a couple of times, but man, I think that might be again this year. Uh, Siobhan Cordero, the transfer from Hawaii, was phenomenal last season. Over 3,000 yards, I believe it was exactly 3,250. If he does that again, it will put him right behind Jeff Garcia on the all-time career San Jose State passing yards list uh, after only two seasons. So Cordero has potential to become one of San Jose State's all-time greats. The issue with that theory is uh, the number one receiver for San Jose State was Elijah Cooks. You may recognize that name from our pre-draft coverage. He went to the NFL. Now we have Justin Lockhart here, who was their second leading receiver last year with only Less than 600 yards receiving. It was more than 500. I don't remember the exact number. Um, number three receiver transferred to Portland State. Number four receiver transferred to Washington State. I think Justin Lockhart's the only experienced pass catcher left in this room. So it's a lot, a lot of pressure is going to be on Siobhan Cordero. But I think he might be up to the challenge. And Brent Brennan, the job he has done here in his Six seasons so far. This will be his seventh season with San Jose State. Is just phenomenal. Um, I know his overall record, 27-42, doesn't look like much from the outside looking in. But seeing where this program was when he took office and where it is now, it is night and day. Yeah, this, uh, this is another one of those teams. I don't know that the Mountain West depends or wants them to be as good as say San Diego State or Boise State, which is unfortunate because when they are good, it's exciting football to watch, but it's definitely kind of a head scratcher moment too, right? Nobody's really used to seeing this beautiful Spartan helmet. As a matter of fact, the first time I saw it was when a college or high school teammate of mine ended up going there to play basketball. I didn't even know yeah. they this school existed until then. <laughs> so for the That's they how needed bad they were. That's how yeah. bad they were when we were growing up. <laughs> they need to have consistently good seasons as much as brent brennan has turned this around he still has a very sub 500 record as a head coach he's going to need a few more good seasons to get that turned around i think he could do it 
it's probably going to take 12 or 13 seasons to get back to 500, but I think he can definitely get there. He's got this team on the right track for sure. Yeah, and I don't know what to expect of this defense, but I do think the offense is going to be great and should be an exciting team to watch either way this goes. I I think uh, bowl eligibility is like the floor now for a Brent, Brendan San Jose State team, which is – Unbelievable. Uh, funnily enough, they played Eastern Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl last year. It was another team that had an incredible turnaround in a very short amount of time with their current head coach. And bowl eligibility is like the floor now there too. So a couple of, couple of great rebuilding stories there coming together. Absolutely. Uh, and our next team certainly hoping for one themselves. The University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I am stunned that you were able to find a picture of Barry Odom in a UNLV shirt. That is amazing. That is him at spring practice. Uh, His first season as head coach at UNLV. His first season coaching in a minute. Last time he was a head coach anywhere was at Missouri in the SEC. Uh. The only logical explanation of why they did this is because they're trying to garner attention from the Pac-12. I think so. Uh, Marcus Arroyo, I I, want to say before I I let you talk about that potential scenario, I want to shout out their previous head coach, Marcus Arroyo. The job that he did was already insane. Because UNLV was the same level as the San Jose State we were just talking about, the same level as New Mexico right now, Nevada. They were not winning anything. Marcus Arroyo had consistent improvement, and last year was one game away from bowl eligibility for UNLV. Give him another shot. But Barry Odom comes in for reasons. Yeah, what's unfortunate is I don't even know that going to a bowl game saves his job, right? I think I they, they saw Barry Odom was available. They said, hey, where do we need to improve the most? What are, what's going to help us the most? The defense. You get a guy like Barry Odom, who's no, he was a defensive coordinator at Memphis. That's where he got poached from to go to the SEC and coach for Mizzou. You get a guy like that in there who's got experience coaching in the Power Five. You get a guy that's a very good defensive mind. A very good defensive mind. A very good defensive mind. <laughs> Las Vegas is becoming more and more attractive for people to go and actually live at versus just vacation and get hammered and you know dump all their money out. And, oh, by the way, you get to play in an NFL stadium. The Roomba. The Roomba. They did everything they could to make this school as appealing as possible to incoming students and to football prospects. I am curious to see how far this takes them. Well, I don't expect them to take them very far this year, to be honest no. with you. Um, the best player on this team, I'm just, just going to say it right now, is the right guard, Alani Trigg Wright. And as much as we love offensive linemen, one great guard is not going to elevate your offense to the level it needs to be to win a conference. Um, uh, Jari Williams is nice at nickelback. Um I could make so many puns with that, but I'm not going to. I just so many lyrics running through my mind right there. 
but we're... <laughs> anyway, Utah State. It's, it's a... Thank you. <laughs> Trying to save you from yourself. You just made it worse. All right. Going on with the Aggies <laughs> of Utah State. Um, Blake Anderson in his third season. If you know the story there, it's very sad, and I'm not going to talk about it because holy shit. Uh, but he's he's at Utah State now instead of being at Arkansas State. Uh, had a phenomenal first year. Last year, not so much. But there is hope for Utah State in – in ways that I don't think has been felt for quite some time. Like this is, this is one of those teams that could very well be a contender in the right circumstances. Uh, I got to say though, two things before I let you jump in here, Josh Sturzer, the tight end legitimately looks like a 37 year old man. And the safety, Ike Larson, who I like a lot, but holy shit, man, you look exactly like Terry McLaurin, and it freaks me out. <laughs> I just wish that Tug was here to announce this defensive tackle's name. <laughs> I wish more than anything Tug was here right now. <laughs> that would be great. Would you like me to instead? Please. Hale Motu Apuaka. That is beautiful. There is a pause there in between Motu Apuaka, but I extended it for clarity reasons. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Vaughn's actually a really good receiver. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think he's kind of an all conference level receiver, even necessarily, but there is a case to be made. He's a solid guy out there on the outside. I don't know who's going to be throwing him the ball. Like, I don't have faith in this quarterback room. But you do have Robert Briggs, who is an option at running back. <laughs> like, the, the success of this team so far in Blake Anderson's tenure has come down to how good of a coach Blake Anderson is. Like, I – there's a big part of me that does not understand why he has not gotten power five interest anywhere. His red wolves were always interesting at the very least, like a team you didn't really want to have to play. I feel like this was a, this was almost a step down from Arkansas state, honestly. And then I, I think Utah I made that state. comment when it happened too, yeah. honestly. I, right. And then Utah state his first year here. He wins the mountain West after Utah state was not close to that before he arrived. So sprinkle some magic Blake Anderson dust on this, and maybe you have a contender out of nowhere again. Here's what's terrifying for them, though. Like, they went six and seven, so they barely got bowl eligibility, right? And it, it Memphis, I think, was six and seven, maybe seven and six last year. But it wasn't even close. Like, that bowl game, from the first snap, you knew it was going Memphis's way. And that's – I don't say that to mean, oh, Memphis is so great. I'm not saying this is a Memphis fan. I'm saying this from the stance that they don't stack up against good teams in the country right now. Right. They deserve to be in a shit bowl like they were. And Memphis, with their record, did. But with their play, they deserve to be in something a little bit better. 
that's where Utah State needs to get, right? If you're losing the same way that Memphis did last year to teams by a score or two every game, you're just the ball's not going your way. That's better than what they did because it was an ugly game in that bowl game. Yeah, both Utah State and Memphis came into that game six and six. Obviously, Memphis comes out above 500 on the year um, in a really gross, disgusting game that I turned off. I turned it off. <laughs> I turned it off. I'm a Memphis fan. I turned it off. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah. damn, Memphis scored again. All right, let's see what else is on. Uh, shout out to them for getting, you know, I'm going I'm to put the air quotes here, but two uh, FCS games. James Madison, of course, in the Sun Belt now, but that's not going to be an easy game. I don't know if they scheduled that before they went up to the FBS or what the thought process here was. Because the other thing about it is, I don't know that I'd want to schedule an FCS James Madison anyway. Well, yeah. James Madison is kind of scary anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's that's for a later episode if you're on audio. We'll talk about them in a, oh, about 40 minutes if you're on live with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I know, feel, what, I I don't like, know what else to say. I feel like we said all we can about Utah State. That's going to be an interesting I, year. Idaho State on their schedule is interesting to me too, though. Anyway, you know, <laughs> for for reasons unrelated to that even being a good game, Utah State's going to love them. My, Wyoming is Tug's favorite team in the whole wide world. We all know this, uh, <laughs> and Craig Bull is one of the greatest head coaches of the modern era. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that to an extent. Like, obviously, he's not the kind of coach who's going to compete with a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart right now, even as as far as, like, go down in history as one of the greatest of all time. But as far as coach and school and culture fit and alignment, it is hard to find a better match, Craig Bull and Wyoming. Holy shit, this is the right man for this job. There is literally no better option for Wyoming right now. He came out and talked about the he was talking about all these newfangled air raid offenses and how you will never get that kind of thing to work down in Laramie because we got some good old farm boys who'd like to throw people around. And we want to run the ball down your throat, damn it. Man, we're going to do it all game long. I was like, Coach, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is. The problem is they can't pass the ball for shit. So yeah. when they come up against a team who can stop the run, they can't do nothing, which is why they're always like 500. But they're a scary 500 that nobody really wants to play because you're going to get whooped on the field whether you beat them or not. Uh, and I so don't know almost, what it is. Teams do not play well in Wyoming. That is not just an Air Force thing. They win games they right. shouldn't win at home in Laramie. Every single year, they have one or two extra wins on the schedule. You're like, how'd they even win that game? Oh, it was at Wyoming. All right. Uh, if you look at our players to watch here, it's two offensive linemen, an honorary offensive lineman who can't catch worth a shit, uh, two defensive linemen, 
and a middle linebacker who eats up all the tackles that the nose tackle and defensive tackles don't pick up. Uh, this is, they run the ball like you wouldn't believe it, and they can get to your quarterback and to your running back. Like, they are they are definitively the best defensive line in this conference and probably the best offensive line in this conference. If they had skill position players, like if I could name one of their skill position players, I would <laughs> pick them to win this conference. <laughs> and I think that's the problem, right? Because you look at their schedule, they start at home against Texas Tech, and I think they have a very good chance of winning that. Because of all the things we just said, they're going to come out and smack you in the mouth. Going to Austin, though, that's a different story. They're going to be able to hang in there, but I don't think they have a chance of winning that one. I know at home against Texas Tech though is crazy. I and I would I would almost I would keep the same energy if they were playing Texas in Laramie. I would say I they have a very good chance of winning this game. I don't know that I can confidently get on that horse and say the same thing uh going Austin. to Austin. But yeah. I will throw this one out here. If they do win this game, the SEC is gonna be pissed. <laughs> What do you mean you lost to fucking Wyoming at home week three? We're now taking the contract back. With Alabama. Now that non-conference with Alabama doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? We put you in the top ten for a reason. Damn it. You're supposed yep. to lose to Alabama and make it look good. <laughs> <laughs> the only home game on their schedule that I'm legitimately worried about them losing not even Texas Tech. It's Appalachian State. I was, I was the next one. I was State does crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was literally game, the next game I was looking at. Every game Appalachian State is in can go either way. Literally flip a coin. That's it. <laughs> but it's in it's in Laramie, so we'll see what happens. Also, can we talk about how the great hair of Frank Crumb? That is, I mean, that is quite beautiful. Gorgeous. Quite beautiful. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah, we got to get out of there before I nut too hard. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple teams I didn't talk about their non-conference schedule at all because I knew we'd be covering them at least a little bit here. Uh, I want to start by saying UNLV is one of them, and this is one of the things – this is why they brought in Barry Odom, right? They're able to bring in an SEC team, granted it's Vanderbilt, to play in Las Vegas – at Allegiant yeah. Stadium. These are all the reasons you bring in Barry Odom. And they've got a good chance to win it because, one, Vanderbilt's not good, and, two, Barry Odom I don't think ever lost to Vanderbilt, even at Mizzou. Yeah, but I'm also secretly, not so secretly now, pegging Vanderbilt to make a bowl game this year. So this is the kind of game they have to win. Yes. It, it makes it worth watching, though. When's the last time we could say that about a UNLV game or a Vanderbilt game? Or, or a Vanderbilt so. game, exactly. <laughs> I, I I enjoy watching Vanderbilt play Tennessee because I don't care about any other Tennessee games throughout the year. I just want them to lose to Vanderbilt because it's hilarious to me. Right. When's the last time that happened? I'm sure you know. <laughs> I was in college, uh, I want to say 2014. <laughs> You were in college, so 1974. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, 
also on our list of top three most anticipated non-conference games to watch. A couple of Pac-12 teams coming to Mountain West stadiums. We tried to pick home games for the conference. So Oregon State heading to San Jose State. Oh, I don't know if that's going to be a very good game. It's uh, more recent than that. They lost in 2018. <laughs> oh, shit. And it was at the end of a three-year stretch of losing to Vanderbilt. It's awesome. All right, man. That's that's good shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Oregon State is going to start the season in the top 20. And I think that's fair and maybe fair. underrating them. Um, so I expect I, Oregon State to win this game, but it's kind of cool they're heading down to San Jose. Honestly, can I say it? I'm a little surprised that they've they've got them ranked so low. Because you would think the powers that be would want the Pac-12 to be better to make USC look better, especially in their one of their last years in the conference, right? Yeah. They don't really care that much about anything Pac-12 related, though, really. I mean, they care about USC. Do they? I mean, not enough. That's you fair. Know? That's fair. Uh, I think right now, Oregon State's ranked number 17. I don't know if that's – I don't think that's a real preseason poll just yet. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where they end up. Uh, UCLA is heading to San Diego State. Snapdragon Stadium on September 9. Uh, UCLA is, I don't know what to expect from them this year. They lost DTR. And this is, this is a full on, this it will be a great representation of what Chip Kelly can do on the recruiting trail and in the development phases of your program because they're losing a very clear defined face of the program. And if they can come out and be successful, that'll be pretty telling for their long-term outlook with Chip Kelly, in my opinion. But San Diego State is one of those teams that could be a very early stumbling block for the Bruins. I think that's reasonable. San Diego State's been pretty solid for the past several years. And this year probably won't be any different. I mean, Brady Hoke and San Diego State have... You know, have a have a good thing going. I think so. But that does do it for kind of the preview, except we have to pick a champion. I don't want to ride anybody in here for Doug, but or for Tug, but he's gonna say Yusafa. Let's be real. I don't know probably, that I would bet that he says it's Air Force against Boise State in the championship game. And It'd probably be Air Force in his assessment if that were to happen because he, you know, went to Air Force. Uh, that's, I'm going to go ahead and that in for him. You don't have to. I will do it for you. I, I did. <laughs> we both did. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I put that in there and we're joking about it. We're laughing, but I could see it, right? They were favored to win every single game last year, favored to go undefeated. And they mm-hmm. lose three conference games. I just that does go to show you the talent in the uh, Mountain West here. When I look at this, though, it is tough to pick against Boise State to win the champ- conference championship, right? Except for the fact 
that Fresno State was able to figure them out last year. The two games were vastly different between one another, and that does kind of put a little chink in the armor of Boise State. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's tough. I, I want to go off the wall, but I don't feel confident in any of these because I do think your top three teams is going to be some combination <clears throat> of Boise, Air Force, and a third. And that's the third is who I can't figure out. Do I expect mm-hmm. Fresno State to be able to maintain this year? And that's really what it comes down to. It's either going to be Fresno State or some combination of San Diego State or San Jose State, in my opinion. Man. Fuck it. We're going with the Aztecs. I'm going to pick San Diego State to win the conference this year. That was going to be my pick as well. And now that you say it, I don't know if I want to stick with it because there's there's too much. I feel like you really do pencil in Air Force and Boise to be at the top of the conference this year. I, I think you have it, to. It feels like a lot of people are doing that. I got to be real. I don't see Air Force doing anything different than what happened last year. That's fair too. The the biggest difference for Air Force is that they play Wyoming in Colorado Springs instead of in Laramie. And which, they play Boise State at home as well, right? Um no at Boise State that is that Boise the last weekend of the season. Man. You know what? They have San Diego State at home. I I would say that's probably one of your big toss-up games to decide that second team of the conference. I guess I'll go ahead and say it is Boise State Air Force, uh, and I'd pick Boise State there. Which is crazy, though. That's that's back-to-back games. Uh, I hate that. It's fun, though, I guess. You guess? There's so much pain in your voice saying that. For the record, I do have Boise State being in the championship game against SCSU. Mountain West, of course, did away with conference or divisions two years ago, so we don't have a nice uh, divisional champion, first divisional champion. It's going to be the two best teams. So I'm I'm very I'm more excited to see this season than I ever have been for the Mountain West. Honestly, no, I can't can't do that i was gonna say let's go crazy and go wyoming fresno state but they wyoming's at air force at boise state i mean that's for, just- for what it's worth according to hero sports uh they have the odds set boise state plus 200 favorite fresno state plus 325 and second air force plus 400 and third san diego state plus 800 and fourth do you want to guess who's in fifth at plus 1200 uh, San Jose State? No. San Jose State uh, is tied for uh, for six with Wyoming. Fresno. No, Fresno State was second. Wyoming. Wyoming. No, they're tied with San, San Jose State in, uh, in what? fifth. What? I, I, I've six, lost six. track of the number of teams in the conference. I don't know who you've listed. Boise, Boise <laughs> one, Fresno two, Air Force three. Three San Ho- San Diego State four, a okay. blank for five. That's who you're guessing, and then tied right. for sixth is Wyoming and San Jose State at plus sixteen hundred. It's plus twelve hundred. No, it's plus twelve hundred <laughs> odds to win. This is how much people are putting stock in Barry Odom. 
It's UNLV. Holy shit. No fucking way. I couldn't fuck out of fucking here. believe it. That was like legitimately the last team I was going to guess. <laughs> I know. I, I said them were Nevada. I was going to Nevada, New Mexico Nevada. before them. Fuck. Well, New Mexico and Hawaii round out the bottom. <laughs> New yeah. Mexico is a plus $15,000 or plus 15,000 odds. I throw 10 bucks on it. Why not? Let's if they've it. got if they've got UNLV up this high, why not? I'll put, I'll put five on it. Oh my gosh, dude, that is disturbing. <laughs> I hate that you made me do that. I had to remember <laughs> who all's in the conference. You you gave me half the conference. You're like, pick I another one. I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and that's what that's what doesn't make sense, right? Everything that we look at, everything that we're we're thinking, throw it out the window apparently because we, I guess we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. The odds makers might. They probably don't know what they're talking about either, though. So good luck with well, that. I'll say at the top end, odds makers definitely know what they're talking about. In the middle of the conference, they're, they're just going wherever the money is. And people in Vegas like to bet on it, things in Vegas. This my thought. That's probably swaying it a bit. And yeah, yeah, there is some hype around Barry Odom and playing in the new stadium and the potential. All this conversation around UNLV, maybe getting a Pac-12 invite because they're losing two. So who are the two they're going to get to replace them? Because that's obviously how that's going to work, right? Right. Everyone. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. But (laughs) I will say, as exciting as that was and as ridiculous as that was, I normally don't – I don't hate bringing betting odds on, but it's not a normal part of the show if you're new here. That one was just – that was too good to pass up. That was so wild that it took us like three minutes to, for me to figure out the names of the teams in the conference. That right. <laughs> I, my next guess was going to be Colorado State too. You had no, to cut I, I, I close it. Yeah, I close it. I don't even know where they were at. Uh, if you are watching live with us, bear with us for a minute. We're gonna we're gonna break here momentarily while we set up for the second episode. But if you're listening, this is the end of the Mountain West preview, and we will be back with the Sun Belt preview tomorrow. Until then, you can find us at patreon.com backslash BDT football if you want to help support the show. You can catch this live and not have to wait for two episodes to drop if you go to twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com backslash BDT football or at BDT football. Facebook and Instagram. Twitter anymore by the time this goes live. That's that's very true. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com backslash BDT football. It's, it needs some love. So go in there, talk to us in there. We'll give it the love that it deserves. We also have an Instagram. We're trying to work out how to use that as well. Instagram.com backslash BDT underscore football. Uh, you can check out our website, BDTfootball.com. You can email us, mailbox at BDTfootball.com. You can ask us questions in the mailbox, or you can ask us questions live on the air. We will answer them. Absolutely. If you're if you would like to watch the video of this, we have some nice slides for you to look at and you can't catch us live. Go check us out at youtube.com backslash big dudes in the trenches. All one word, same as the Twitch. We have a discord link and that'll be in the description. Doug, do you have anything before we break here? Um, oh, shit. I definitely did. I don't remember it now. So I guess no. And if you're not live, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.